and Norwegian. I'm sorry about all this talk about Norway and migration flows to Norway. We simply mentioned it earlier when Norway was mentioned again, but you have to bear with us. Um, this article is about, um, as the empirical starting point is um, um, a field work we did in Italy, so that kind of helps a bit. Eritrean migrants in Italy. And we're looking at our starting point uh, was the, the interaction between immigration policy and immigration flows. Immigration policy, immigration flows as our starting point. We went down there to look for decisions on destinations in transit, so factors in transit. Interviewing people coming, asylum seekers coming to Norway, we uh, understood that a lot of the decisions are made in transit. So we went down to the transit country, one of the primary transit countries in Europe for uh, asylum seekers coming to Europe, and in particular, uh, Eritreans coming to, to, uh, to Norway and the northern countries. We, uh, we look at two, two sides to this. We, look, we wanted to, to understand how, uh, in what way, the Dublin regulations, um, which says that um, the first country that an asylum seeker comes to in Europe, that's the country where uh, his or her case should be processed. The Dublin regulation, how that regulation on a regional level, regional uh, uh, regulation, influenced the situation of the asylum seekers in transit in Italy. And also how national differences with regard to, uh, to reception systems, to integration systems, and to the general welfare uh, state and social benefits influence the individual situation of the individual uh, migrant and their aspirations to move on. We also wanted to see how this uh, European, this striving for a common European asylum system was challenged by the individual migrants in their movements and the national differences. So both ways, both from the, from the regional level down and from the individual level up. We wanted to look at both those uh, uh, interactions. We, so the, the questions would be, the first would be how does the Dublin regulation and the national differences in reception conditions influence their secondary migration? Not all of these uh, uh, Eritreans in Italy will move on, but there is a push towards moving on. So how does the regulation and national differences influence them, and how do their secondary movements and national differences within the region challenge the Dublin regulation? The Dublin regulation is, is pivotal and very important. It's a core part of the common European asylum system. It's an important uh, element uh, uh, to the other, uh, to the group of conventions being uh, currently being reformulated uh, in Europe. And theoretically, our, uh, having listened to the introductions early today uh, and yesterday, uh, we link up to, uh, I'll comment on the, how it stands in relation to the system, the, system, the, let's, uh, the discussions on, on migration systems a bit later. Uh, we, are, we do link up in the paper to destination, destination choices and the, the, um, the how it relates to to alternative destinations and also to, to um, individual action, models of migratory actions. We, use, uh, uh, we combine a model uh, developed in Norway with a model that Heinde Haas has been promoting. And this has inspired uh, 
uh, our analysis in the paper, and I'll show you just in a moment. Uh, just two words for those that do not know. The situation in the two countries that will then influence and kind of provide the pull factor and to provide the perceptive and migrants' perceptions of the differences between Italy and Norway are mostly would know that. But just a couple of, of key words uh, are, uh, on that. In asylum seekers that come to Italy meet five different systems of reception centers. Are there any Italians here? One Italian, so I, I can you could uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But at least last fall, there were five systems operating, and they were not communicating very well across the systems. Uh, the second, after the, the processing of the case, the second the integration system was uh, had a very low capacity, and also there there were several systems in place at the same time and not really communicating. Uh, the, the, as you know, the financial crisis has hit Italy uh, pretty hard. The labor market was, uh, there was a high unemployment. And regionally, in some cities, we went to Rome and Milan, there were uh, uh, substantial difficulties of even the Italians finding work. And the welfare state and social benefits in Italy is, they are uh, um, connected. The welfare state is very meager. And it's connected to you, dependent on the family tie. So if you're outside and you not have family that can support you in times of crisis, this is, and has not been inside the labor market, you're in a tough spot. And these uh, migrants, new arrived migrants, were of course outside. The Norwegian is kind of the opposite in many of these respects. It fared very well through the financial crisis. It has a very elaborate welfare state. Um, it has uh, one reception system government control, uh, the benefits are, uh, this, the, it's not lucrative uh, during the first phase, but once your uh, application has been approved, uh, a two-year introductory program with, uh, with, with benefits and um, uh, uh, vocational training, language training, the kids in, so it's a two-year program. So it's, it, it's very attractive for uh, the migrants that um, consider this as an option, or have this as an option, or even have options. So that, that is the background. When we look at the, the, the concepts we have used, we, we uh, distinguish between st uh, structural restraints and constraints and individual decision-making. Um, we look at the migrants' immediate situation, which is, of course, uh, has its background in these national differences that I mentioned. And then the regional policy is very important. Uh, I'll come back to that, how that played out. Um, and of course, their immediate situation in their living conditions. And what we've, uh, and I'll show you some photos later, uh, uh, if we have a couple of minutes, uh, at the end. And uh, then, then you would see uh, what the conditions were like in the reception centers and in the secondary integration phase. Um, their perception of transit countries and alternatives, uh, Norway being one of them, but also the Northern Europe uh, opening up and looking quite, um, they having similar views of these, being perceived quite similar, uh, uh, three or four countries kind of being at the top of the hierarchy, um, of the rating for, uh, that was quite common across as uh, refugees and asylum seekers in different situations. So they, they agreed on which countries were the good ones to, 
that went more to the tractor. Um, they idealized what we would get, uh, as Marcans uh, may often do. They idealized what it would be like, and the only thing they knew was that the situation uh, in the moment was not that uh, was not working very well, and it, or they were in, in a limbo situation. So there we would get everything. That was kind of the, the mantra that they, they told us. Um, sources of information and destination information. This um, they had all the traditional uh, inf sources of information. People along the route, people in the, they had traveled together with. They had uh, uh, information from from the internet, from Facebook, from other social media. Uh, but they also had, this group also had a particular source of information. That was people that had the experience moving on and, and meeting and being sent back because of the Dublin regulation, telling them what it was like. So they had first-hand information of people that had been there. They were present in the, in the reception centers. Everyone knew someone that had tried each of these countries and had first-hand experience of what it was like coming uh, to this country being, uh, getting the stamp as a Dubliner and being returned. So that was very specific uh, uh, knowledge of, of uh, that whole trajectory, that going all the way to the end of the route and coming back and telling them. Uh, of course, from, from people outside, uh, other places, in, in, you know, other places elsewhere in Europe, uh, in their networks. Mm. Uh, capabilities. Uh, I'm not I'm just going to briefly go briefly through this. Uh, they both. I mean, these these people in transit are both sending. They're both sending. They're both sending money uh, back home. They're sending money elsewhere in Europe, and they're getting money uh, depending on the situation. Um, so both information and money is going in a, uh, in all directions. Uh, their perception of hindrances. Uh, since they were already inside the, the Dublin area, the, the physical borders were no, uh, they were no, not an obstacle for these, these migrants. They could easily travel. So it was uh, the regulations that were the hindrances. The Dublin regulation traveling to, from Italy to Norway, if they had the papers, they could go on, uh, by plane or they could travel easily with a car in two days. So it was the cost of being detected and being returned and having to restart their life in Italy that was the, uh, the main uh, challenge. Um, the, the last, let's see, the destination specificity is a, is a concept uh, that we use in the paper. Uh, and having interviewed the asylum seekers traveling that, um, and making decisions all the way from Eritrea and, uh, and, all, and uh, all the way up to, to Norway. And also interviewing uh, Iraqi uh, asylum seekers making their way up to northern, to northern Europe. And also um, uh, people from Chechnya are coming. It's quite clear that the destination specificity uh, varies among, among groups. And that the destination specificity and all of these factors will vary on routes. So that's, that, I think that's a, a, an important point about um, and an important positive side and aspect with, uh, of this paper and our uh, work is that when you interview people in transit, you, you, you meet people that are uh, in the process of migrating. And you see that these, all, all the, the distinctions and all the discussions we have regarding systems theory is, is relaunched at each stage of the trip. 
each stage of the journey can take a lot of time, as you know, or it can take short time, but the, everything is kind of recalibrated at each stage. And that goes for, for all of these uh, issues. They, are, uh, they may change at each stage. <coughs> um, just want to check if we can we show you a couple of um, so the, the, the main thing here is that it's, it's obvious that um, I'll conclude and then I'll show you the photos if you, if you have time later or okay, during discussion I'll show you some photos I'll just conclude by saying uh, that uh, it's, it's obvious that the Dublin regulation and national differences uh, have consequences and I'll describe exactly what, what the consequences are for the individual and their aspirations and possibilities of moving on in Europe, within Europe. Um, um, the other way around, it's obvious that the situation of the secondary movements in, in Europe in times of crisis are challenging the whole project of making a common European asylum system. Dublin is at the core, and Dublin has been challenged, as you know, in Greece, where people have stopped returning people under the Dublin regulation to Greece. And Italy is kind of next in line for stopping. And that, that's why it's such a court case. But I think it's important when we talk about uh, the, the possibilities for individuals to, to challenge and to change the structural regulation, you know, even at the highest regional level, the European courts actually make that possible. And the individual cases we have seen actually makes that possible. You get the loop back from the individual having been uh, uh, a subject under the law, and they get the feedback through the courts changing the Dublin regulations. So I think that's important to see that the, the whole flow between policy regulations and, and individual migrants' actions, you have the, it goes both, both ways. It's not only like a rom romantic uh, perception that the individual will actually change the structures. Okay, and I will get back to the photos if you have time or if you want to see some photos from Italy, which could be very nice, I think. Thank you. Bye.